and that's literally the open door of this church building being the absolute necessity and vital thing in these last days. And partly because we serve a God that's eternal, and we are fickle human beings that can so quickly lose and forget the wonderful things of God. And the farther we are removed, because you absolutely cannot experience the same thing online in any kind of a service as the people that are in there experiencing it do. None of, none of the same emotions, etc., will ever take place. I, I know because I've watched many uh, conferences that I was able to be a bystander and a, uh, uh, you know, Monday, you know, uh, uh, what is, what's that? Yeah, but the other thing that's uh, the coach on the couch kind of a thing. You know, like, yeah, real good job of, of uh, pointing out what should be do people should be or shouldn't be doing and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not even there. I'm not feeling one single thing that everybody else is feeling. I'm hopefully was blessed by the message, but then I can turn that off and say that it was to them. And it's real easy to do that. It's real easy for us to become complacent even in a church service, in a church building, much less when we're going and watching via live stream and we're far removed from those that, the, the atmosphere of it all, or even just the dedication of it. So open doors, those kinds of things, promises from God, are promises from God that don't come just because they're promises from God and just because we happen to call ourselves apostolic and just because at one time we were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ and at one time we received the Holy Ghost, we maybe spoke in tongues a couple weeks ago. It doesn't just come. It's, it's promises from God and open doors has been talked about or given to the people that are in tune with the spirit of God, walking with God. Because it's only through God that we're going to obtain or even understand these open doors. Because the open doors in the spirit realm will not be visible to our, our natural eyes. And if, the, if that is a promise, we need to understand that we have an enemy and an adversary that's going to provide us with many open doors. And they'll, they'll, they'll look real good. And they might not, they might just be harmless, but they might just be a, a, a complete distraction of what God's wanting us for, for us to do at that moment, or they could lead us completely into destruction. Hebrews 10, 23, 25 through 25. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's what I'm doing. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. He may be seated. Hebrews 12, <clears throat> 18, I'm going to read this whole passage here. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and to the sound, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, 
I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of a sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we, re- we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And that is the main thing for us to keep in mind in this time, in the um, 2024 and forward, in facing these moments where your guess is as good as mine at what's going to take place, but I know that what I didn't think would ever happen till a few years ago, I'm very convinced that is we are going to face persecution here in America that we never thought we would. But if we don't, we need to be ready and prepared to suffer persecution here in America. We need to have counted the cost, and today is a good day to start counting the cost and to make our mind set be that there is not one single thing that can cause me and my faith in God to stumble from this point forward. Not one thing done to me, not one thing done to my family, my finances, anything, my body is going to cause me to stumble and fall. And we just have to start at the point of dying out to everything that's me. That way we can effectively war and effectively um, do battle in this end time state that we see ourselves in and not be worrying so much about our physical life and death, but our spiritual life or death. First, Revelation 1 and 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Jackson, in in his uh, homeschool this week, was learning about past, present, and present tense, past, present, and future tense verbs, words, and uh, was, is, is to come. Same yesterday, today, forever. We get that 
those, those phrases there from Exodus 3 and 14, the great revelation, the I am that I am, tell my people that I am hath sent you, which we understand that Yahweh or YHWH or J, depending on how you look at that, JVH, JHVH, uh, derived that that name is the nominal form of that word I am in the third person tense and uh, the Jews respected that that word so much that they wouldn't even speak it and they lost that name but it's Jesus Christ here in um, Hebrews 13 and 8 same yesterday today forever it's Jesus Christ and the worry I have for now and the the warning I'm wanting to give and then get past is what I see in Numbers 33, and it was with the tribes of Gad, Reuben, and half-tribe of Manasseh. And in Numbers 33, as they're approaching the time for crossing over into promise, they become very wealthy. And they have lots of cattle, sheep, I'm sorry, 32. And so it says in verse 1, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. And so they come to Moses and they say, in verse 4, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession, and bring us not over, bring us not over Jordan. And so then Moses flips out on him, and he says, you guys are doing just what your fathers did before you. You're going to cause your brethren to doubt, they're going to cause them to a question whether or not they can inherit and you're going to cause them to stumble and fall one more time and they say no we 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 absolutely will go with you and we'll war on behalf of the other tribes of Israel but just let us build cities here on this other side of the Jordan for our flocks and for our young ones and for our families and then we the warriors we will fight and make sure that the rest of Israel inheritance inherits the land the promised land and so in verse 20 Moses said unto them if you will do this thing if you will go armed before the Lord to war and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he had driven out his enemies from before him and the land be subdued before the Lord then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel and this land shall be your possession before the Lord but if you will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build you cities for your little ones, and folds for your sheep, and do that which hath proceeded out of your mouth. And they say, Thy servants will do as my Lord commandeth. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our cattle shall be there in the cities of Gilead. But thy servants will pass over every man armed for war before the Lord to battle as my Lord saith. Sounds good, right? Except for one little thing, and that is those warriors left their wives and the small children in the towns they had built, and so they never got to see the uh, Jordan River parted. In fact, they never walked across it. 
They were in their towns in Gilead. They never had that moment of, of the circumcision, except for the warriors here. But the, the, the young boys, they didn't, on this side of Gilead, have that same moment of the circumcision where he said, I've rolled back the reproach of Egypt from you on that side of the Jordan River. They didn't have the moment when the, they ate of the old corn of that land and the manna stopped. They didn't get to see the Jericho walls fall down. They didn't get to see any of that because they stopped short of the promised land. And they said, this looks good for our riches, our cattle. Let us build cities. Here we'll make a deal with you. We'll go fight for you, but we'll leave our, our wives and our children behind to stay in these cities. And uh, God protected those towns as long as the men were fighting for the tribes of Israel. However, the damage done with that and the, how quickly those, those are the first people to go into captivity, those people on that side of the Jordan. They're the ones I told you about on Sunday, last Sunday, where every one of them except for a few thousand had their right eyes plucked out by a king. And those ones were about to allow that king, same king to pluck their eyes out and make a covenant with that king. Because not going all the way into promise, not experience, that's the fickleness of, that's why it's so important for us to be a part of this community of believers that God's put placed us under. If you really consider yourself a part of Strong Pentecostal Church, not coming and being a part of the community of believers, except when you're sick for real, and when things are going on, it's not acceptable because we so quickly forget about what God does for us, has done for us, and we so quickly can deceive ourselves in our hearts. And it's as simple as this. It's, it's he was, he is, he will be. But we live in he is. And so without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe what? Oh, he, that he is. And that is literally pointing to that, the I am right there. But for, our, for us, it's so easy for us to believe everything that, like you'll agree with me, that all these miracles were great. And we'll agree about this future open door and that God's going to perform, we're going to have a mighty harvest, hallelujah, we're going to experience everything that we're believing for. But day by day, to come believing that that same God is right now, boom, my God, he is, is our struggle. And when we allow ourselves to be away from this congregation, this flock, sitting at home with our own troubles, with our, with our problems, it is so quickly forgotten about how important the body of Christ is, but how valuable and how much we need each other and how much we need the voice of the shepherd that God's put over this flock to be speaking into our lives and to be redirecting, correcting, doing all the, all the aspects of what a, a shepherd does in leading a flock and put, pulling you back over here and pushing you forward, leading you over to drink, having you eat, keeping you safe at night, all the different things that's involved with being a shepherd it's done from the pulpit, <clears throat> and how dangerous is it in 2024 as we are 
we're already seeing a falling away. There doesn't even need to be persecution to see it falling away. How else can we explain the numbers that this church has fallen to in such a short amount of time? I, don't, I want to believe that people are coming back. I want to believe that growth is coming. But we don't need to have a great persecution come against this church to be a falling away. We just need wintertime. We're tough Alaskans. It's too cold. There's too much snow. Let's see, what, else, what other reason can I have? Because I can watch the service online. How many of you guys are viewing, Levi? Three or zero? Three. So we got three maybe households viewing online. So we know that's not true, right? We know you're not actually watching online. <laughs> you see what I mean? But we can fool ourselves into thinking that we can do this. Because, I mean, POA has a better program. They, they, like, you know, they have a couple thousand people to pick from, so they're going to have a better program to watch live stream, except that you don't go to that church. Or pick whatever church that you watch in the morning, and they're great, and their music's great, and they have great presentations, and they have great preaching, but it's not the church that you say you go to. And if you go there, or if you, if you believe you go there, move there. But if you're going to Sterling Pentecostal Church, by all means, you should be coming to Sterling Pentecostal Church, or at the least watching it. Because that's who God has placed as an under-shepherd, Pastor Glover, over you and your family. And how can we expect to be saved without a shepherd, without the voice and leading of that shepherd, and without the, the fellowship that, come, that is only felt in a building together? We can't. And you know who's the, one of the greatest people to talk about with that? Is Paul. Because when you hear Paul talking, you're talking about the voice of experience. This is, this is I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a uh, man-made example, okay? It always has, ends up being special forces with me and with Mitch for whatever reason. But uh, I was listening to a, a guy that had, um, Sean Parnell, he wrote, he was um, with 10th Mountain Division, longest deployment ever in Afghanistan, and uh, 458 days, by the way. Um, is that crazy or what? For one gr group of platoon of soldiers, and uh, they saw some of the heaviest fighting during that time. And he, he, had, he had talked about they had left, so that in those days, um, Army's deployments were 12 months, Marines are nine, Air Force six. And uh, so they were, at that 12th month, he had soldiers that were home. So they not only had done all the, this, it's a big process to get out of, out of country when you're deployed. And they had done all that, turning in all the necessary deployment gear, had flown all the way back to America and were on leave in America. And, and um, they were slowly trickling back when they were told, he to come into the office, we have, a, we have a message to give you, and the message was, guess what, you gotta suck it up, you're gonna be here another four months, and MPs actually were going to houses, yanking those people out of their houses, telling them it's time to go back overseas to Afghanistan, you've just been extended. And he was talking about the absolute mental 
hurdle he had to get over when you have 19-year-olds that have been through, through their share of combat in 12 months. I mean, they had been engaged so many times by the enemy, and they were done, and you put that off, and you're done. Your mindset is, this is over, to all of a sudden have this rude knock on the door and be told, come on, get your gear coming, you're going back overseas. And he's, Parnell said to bring those guys back and get them game focus on was the hardest thing he's ever had to do as a leader. And he said he was real thankful for a time during Ranger school when, I think it was the pre-Ranger um, part of, of his training there, but they had, they were going on a, a ruck march and it was kind of like a buy-in ruck march. In other words, we're going to start the training here, but you're going to have about 90 pounds on your back and uh, this is how you prove you want to be here is you're going to, you know, ruck out there. And the instructors had made it known it was only going to be 13 miles. Well, and so they, they, many people had made the foolish mistake of believing that. And so they take off rucking, and they ruck pretty fast in the, with the rangers, so it's almost like a trot ruck, depending on how big of a stride you can make at one time. But 13 miles came and went, and 14 miles came and went. And he said people started dropping out. 15 miles, 16, 17, 18. He said 19, 19 and a half, they finally reached where they were rucking to. And he said during that amount of time, the sheer amount of people that fell off because in their mind, they were gonna make it for 13 miles and I'm good. And when that 13 miles went past, they didn't have anything in a reserve left and so it started to cause them to fall out. And that was the whole purpose of the exercise is they wanted people that were going to be there till it was done. So their mindset was, I'm not going to quit. No matter how long this is and how many miles we go, I'm just going to keep rucking. And so he said that experience was what helped him get these soldiers through what must have been the hardest, hardest thing to do is get soldiers that barely survived, many casualties, I mean, he, at one point, he was leading those troops with, he had the um, cerebral, the fluid coming out of his ears and his nose. He had a skull fracture, which he refused to get treated for because he said he had six soldiers who had been shot in the face the week prior who had refused to go home and get treated. And so he said, how could I, as their leader, have, you know, cerebral fluid coming out of my ears and nose and... Uh, tap out when they didn't with getting shot in the face. So they were, that's the mindset I'm talking about for us, is we have to have the mindset that no matter what comes our way, starting now in 2024, we are not gonna quit. We are not gonna allow anything to cause us to stumble in our faith. Even, even if Megan quits, I'm not quitting. That's got to be every one of our own determinations. Her, her determination is the same. We, we're building, trying to build that into our, our kids, that tenacity that no matter what, we're going to be here and we're going to last as long as this takes to get. I want, I want, can I put both hands up? I believe in pre-trib. Like, I, I want us to be out of here. Trust me, okay? I don't want, let's see. I mean, there's some day, yeah, I won't even get into it. Some days my wife says I need to be in a straight jacket, or at least not some days. She says a certain time every day. 
because uh, I can I can be a little crazy in my head and uh, see things that aren't there or uh, you know like not want to be touched. <laughs> and so when I'm thinking like you know our the mindset and the the mental toughness, but the spiritual toughness also it's it's not a joke. And Paul Paul is the when he when he's talking in First Timothy four and one, and then Second Timothy three and one. I'll just read those two, and then I'm going to talk to you about what he says from his personal experience. Now the Spirit, this is four one, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Second Timothy three one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. That's just good enough right there. Because in Acts, in his own accord, in his own testimony, I want you to consider that, what, I, what I'm about to tell you. And, what, uh, and you just got to ask yourself questions about, did Paul ever see these guys in prison, or did he ever see these guys again? The same people that he had... In 22, 4 through 5, and I persecuted this way, talking about the, the way of peace, the gospel of peace. I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. As also the high priest doth bear me witness in all the estate of the elders, and whom also I received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. Okay, so he persecuted this way unto death. We have Stephen as an example, but there's many more. Binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. Now, 26, 9 through 11. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison. We should understand here that the Jews weren't in charge. The Romans just could care less. Like Herod was a genius, building the temple the way he built it, such grandeur. He understood the mindset of the Jews and the how pretty things, beautiful things, that's, what, that's all they really cared about. And so he, he, he spent all that time building this elaborate, beautiful, um, beautifully manufactured temple with all kinds of additional things that you know, the Temple Solomon built didn't have, and et cetera, et cetera. But they, they could care less about the, the religious um, opinions of the Jews. They just knew, they just knew that giving them their, their head and letting them do their thing was what helped them stay in line and kept them happy. And that's why, that's why the whole tradition had come on, you know, Passover to release a prisoner which is like, you find that in the Old Testament? Probably not, right? But it'd become something that the Romans would do to kind of just throw the Jews a bone, like, well, here's the tradition. We uh, release, you know, release, who would you like? Barabbas or Jesus, and uh, et cetera. So they, they don't care. The government's not doing it, but they're just allowing the Jews to do it. And so we're talking about the Jews' priestly, people and their own police, the temple police, etc., that they had. And they probably did have Roman soldiers involved because of how they were uh, 
framing it to the Romans and, and talking about how these guys are insurrectionists and how they, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison. He already said that. Having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them, so he was a witness against them, caused them to be punished. I punished them oft in every synagogue, so whatever that means. This is the one that kind of raises uh, chill bumps on my arms and compelled them to blaspheme. And so in other words, he made them denounce that Jesus Christ was indeed, the, was indeed God, their God, denounced that Jesus had been the Messiah sent from heaven for the Jews to denounce their faith, to renounce it and say, I no longer believe that he is. He is not. He's a, he's, you know, I spit upon the bones or I, you know, whatever they, they would say, blaspheming. And so they're, he would cause them to do that. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even under strange cities. So we're talking about somebody that did it himself. Literally his, op his watch men and women, very much like you and me, except with more Bible knowledge than us because that they had more, more knowledge of the Bible just off the top of their heads than we did. That was their heritage because this is before the, he's talking about before the um, door of the Gentiles had even been opened. So this is all Jews he's talking about. He caused them himself to turn their backs on God. He caused them to be punished in unbearable and unimaginable ways. If stoning isn't one of the most blood-curling ways to be killed, I, don't, I can't think of what, another way that w could potentially be worse than that, but we know that's how Stephen died, as Paul watched um, uh, approvingly on. But Paul himself, let him be our, our voice of reason in this hour in just how badly things can turn in an instant and what we might face, but even if we don't face it, the mindset we have to have, if we're tapping out right now, we better hope God comes on a good day with the sh sun shining and everything bright with America still like a little bit like America or we're not gonna make it. If we're, not, if we're barely holding on right now or not holding on or allowing the, the things of this world or our feelings feeling sorry for ourselves because we should be more blessed than we are, etc. The only promises we've really received in the Old Test or New Testament are persecution. That's the number one promise we received. He said, they hate, number one, that the world would hate us because they hated him. And so that's how we know we belong to him is the world will hate us. They won't hate you if you don't belong to him. So that was number one. Number two is that you're going to be persecuted because I was persecuted. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Those are two promises we have in hand that we can grab a hold of and say, for sure, we can say that that's a biblical blessing much more than uh, finances or much more than awesome health or much more than just every, everything going our way all the time, never having a bad day. You know, I'm being suspicious of whatever you say. Yeah, however Say it louder. Facetious. There you go. Everything going great because that's kind of what's preached a lot is that now that we're Christians, we have it good, better than the world does, and, uh, and so we should be blessed. And 
the Bible doesn't talk like that. But if we're shaken now, it's time to, it needs to be a come to God moment for us. <laughs> if we're shaken now, what's going to happen if what I feel is going to happen happens? And I don't know, maybe we, won't, we, maybe we don't get to that point in America where we're getting arrested. Maybe we don't get to that point uh, in America where um, we're being killed for what we believe or choosing life or death or choosing uh, all the things that Paul is talking about there where we don't have to blaspheme, blaspheme or face the consequences. Because we already know that that the court systems are rigged toward us, they are now. And so Paul's talking about a court system that apparently was pretty well rigged to win. And so he was always the uh, given witness against the people that were going to be killed and probably false testimony, right? Because he thought he was doing the right thing. <clears throat> if we can't get through this open door, you don't have a prayer of. of of face, facing up to these perilous times. That's a minimum. And we know, we know through what Pastor Glover talks about with personal, everyday reading of the word and prayer, that the minimum being like coming to church as often as possible is the minimum. And we, but that is combined with the minimum of what we're doing at home also. But as even so much the more as we see these days approaching, we need to have our eyes up. <clears throat> and that's the thing is God so much is here for us to win. He wants us to win. He's behind us. It's not like we're doing this ourselves or like we're being put out here by ourselves and set up to lose and, and fail, failure, failure is imminent. No, God is for us. In fact, I'll probably end this by just reading off the um, chorus of the blessing song because it's so powerful. And that absolutely, he is for us. <laughs> and he is the same. So that means he stands outside of time. So Genesis 1-1, today... February 4th, 2024, and then whenever the rapture takes place, he's there right now, all of it. And so no matter what we face, especially looking back, like that's the same God that was with David in his sling, he's right now there. Like he is right there on the battlefield right now. Time means nothing to him. He stands outside this dimension called time into a, a, a time of space that's gets gets a, a bit heady and beyond our you know our ability to grasp because like creation here's how the Jews believe creation works you know how a movie strip like a, go to a movie theater and the film has you know got a separate picture 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 and that then it runs and it's all moving they believe that God's recreating and creating the world every so fast every instant that we don't see it, but that every, Rick's being recreated and restored, recreated re, uh, constantly. 
everything we see, that's how they view creation, which is a much more powerful way to view creation than how I view it until I heard them talk about it in Genesis 1-1 about how God created. And that's how they said that's where they differ from scientists is that scientists believe that there was a moment and they believe creation happens every single day and every single minute moment. And uh, it, it's the uh, observation of our eyes and it gets into this deep theory of like things, do they exist until they're observed and do they manifest until something's observing them? Well, they've proven that scientifically that yeah, things change form when they're being when they're being viewed, and so there's a consciousness to everything in creation. So electrons, when they're getting pinged against this this wall, made waves until they put a, a camera in to see why, what in the world, why, what's causing this to happen, and it started to ping like a BB, and it totally changed because it, it was being viewed way beyond my. Ability to, and so then they took the camera out and went back to making waves against the wall. And so that's how they're talking about consciousness is in everything and it understands it's being viewed by, and it, that's what makes things appear pretty deep. But nothing, nothing goes against what the Jews believe about creation. They just say that you'll never understand that when it first happened because that is a God that is so undescribable and unknowable that we can only know when time starts. We can't know that happening. Anyways, he's for us. <laughs> and I'm talking to the choir here mostly, right? Because you guys are all here. And so I'm not be being like hard about this at all. I'm saying like no matter what, bad health or good health, good days or bad days. I mean, we're, I'm talking like I went from something to being cut off completely and I'm not going to let that get in the way of this. So whether I'm on all my medication or I have zero medication, whether uh, what, whether you're lots of money or no money, all these kinds of blessings or no blessings cannot hinder what we are living for, and that is literally eternity. And the fickleness of human beings as we get caught up with our own stuff today and we have a, a faith struggle with believing he is today what he was yesterday and what he might be in the future. But he is. Except we have to live that way. We, we have to live like we believe he is. And if we're going to do that, that's going to require us coming to church and being together and rubbing shoulders with each other. And not, not allowing ourselves to so quickly excuse ourselves because we can watch it online because it's not the same. You know how they give the priestly blessing? Can you come here, Megan? I can't do it, so I'm going to have her hold her hands out. But they do it like this. And they'd have their hands just like that. And uh, the Lord bless thee, keep thee. Lord, make his face shine upon thee, be gracious unto thee. Let the Lord turn his countenance upon thee, give thee peace. And that's how they do that. And the, the different, there's different things that they say go happen there. Like, number one, it's, it's showing like the, the Hebrew letters of the name of Hashem, but it's also the rays and et cetera, et cetera, of the, the light of the countenance and uh, 
the beaming, like what Moses had beaming off of him. You can put your hands down now. But that is the priestly blessing that, that the priest used, and that's, what, that's how they started that song with the blessing, the priestly blessing. And I just want to end with this chorus with you. And obviously, I've been probably speaking to the three people that are watching or probably have already turned me off or flipping me off or coming up with, with uh, every mistake I've made speaking to make themselves feel better about reason why they aren't here. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Let's stand. Jude one twenty four. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever, and now and ever. Amen. Sister Rebecca, let's just uh, come and take a, a, a time of examining ourselves and uh, our mindset, getting maybe our focus in, we're going to be in this until this is over with. In other words, the mindset is, I'm not going to quit. No matter what, I'm not going to quit. Come what may, I'm not going to quit. Blessing, cursing, good health, bad health. But it's the, it's the basic things. Missing the forest for the trees. It's attending church. That's a good start. Prayer, if you can make it, it's a good start. Bible reading every day, it's a, it's a good start. Prayer every day. It's good. I mean, that's what. Now we're starting to match Baptists at that point. The Baptists do it. The, the other religions that we kind of get high and mighty about, they do the exact same little things like that. So at least let's match them. Can we at least get to the Baptists? <laughs> Jesus Christ.